You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. There's a, a real opportunity for clubs to use this period to almost rewire or retrain themselves. Now's the time to really consider the acceleration of your of your digital presence and on the production side, the distribution side and the monetization of content. Streaming in general has, has a massive role to play in that re-engineering process and that, that process of rebuilding sustainable sports clubs um, f- across the sports uh, spectrum, if you like. We're receiving lots and lots of feedback and requests from athletes, from players at, at the sort of second and third tiers who are looking to particularly develop their careers. So they're looking to build their CVs, if you like, in, in video form and using data. Hi there, welcome to Sports Content Strategy. My name is Richard Clark. My guest this time is David Fowler. He's head of marketing at MyKuju. Now, MyKuju, very interesting proposition they are too. They've been around for a few years now and they're offering a very different solution to helping clubs stream and monetize their content online. And they believe that in the post-COVID-19 era, they could be just what many football clubs need. This podcast is brought to you by the International Football Business Institute in Brussels. See ifbi.brussels for details on all their courses. And if you want to follow me, go to mrrichardclark.com to read my blog, sign up to my newsletter, or if you need a consultant, you can contact me there. Anyway, let's talk about MyKuju, their streaming solution, and how it might help clubs get through what is sure to be a tough few years ahead. And we'll do it by talking to this man. Hi, Richard. Yeah, I'm, I'm David Fowler. I'm the marketing director at, at MyKuju. Currently, we're the world's largest football live streaming platform. Thanks for speaking to me, David. We're about to enter a very different world. Hopefully, as we speak, people are starting to think about the cessation of the lockdown and getting back to some sense of normality. What sort of sporting environment will we return to, in your opinion? Yeah, good good question, Richard. I, I, <laughs> Hard one to start with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, maybe you could have got me warmed up first. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, maybe coming first of all from a football perspective, um, we can see that, that all levels of football, I guess, in general, sport are, are, are suffering uh, through this period. Um, we've seen lots of news uh, on a daily basis of of clubs under threat, um, again, at all levels, uh, maybe the top levels where they've enjoyed um, large, uh, I guess, good times for many years. Um, there's there's, there's a, a certain level of insulation, but uh, we've seen many governing bodies in football and beyond, such as the FA, the, the Dutch FA, the Brazilian FA, that they're committing funds to support particularly lower-level clubs through, through the crisis. But I think what I've seen um, from my vantage point, there's... The, the, the crisis beyond the, the survival of of these clubs is also offering clubs and, and governing bodies an opportunity, I guess, to prepare for this this new future. Which I, I, I can see three main main things that the, the nimble entities can, if they can adapt faster and innovate, then they would they, they have plenty of opportunity. There's new digital behaviours. That's the first. I think new digital behaviours will be the new normal. Fans are, are fans are expecting more creativity. I think that's the, the the central crux. There's been some really 
amazing um, use cases here, if you like, uh, virtual grand national NFL draft where things are being done done differently. They're, they're 100% digitally driven uh, over these months, and, and it's kind of an acceleration of a, of a trend that's been happening over over recent years. I think, secondly, virtual communities. We're, we're all part of uh, of these strengthened virtual communities on a, on a daily basis now. It's, it's been kind of forced upon us with, with lockdowns around the world. This will present sport with amazing opportunities. There's been lots of great examples over the past months and, and before of uh, athletes um, bringing people together to do training workouts, um, virtual racing uh, and, and athletics and Ironman and these kind of cycling and these kind of sports, particip mass participation sports uh, is a big topic. And I think thirdly, maybe one that is maybe a bit more close to home, um, my, own, my own experience and, and where I'm working at the moment, lower quality content, I think in contrast to what many are saying, I think lower quality content will become more accepted, um, partly as a result of, of the, the first two uh, things that I'm seeing. And it should be, uh, a lot, there should be a lot more focus on, on faster distribution and wider distribution of content. And we, we've, from our perspective, have proven that mobile phone production is, uh, is, is possible, not only possible, but actually uh, can deliver a really really good quality result and, and, and in quicker time and get then get content out scalable at, at lower costs yeah I think there will be new expectations I mean if I was a TV producer now I'd be thinking well hang on you're producing very decent shows at home <laughs> with four talking mm. heads why do we need them to come into a studio why do we need a studio anymore because we seem to be doing what we've previously done with the odd clunkiness here and there but we're producing it and getting it out at a much lower cost base and you think that sort of homemade feel will come across to sport as well i think so i think um more and more sports will have to take their destiny in their own hands from a digital perspective and, and scaling uh scaling production as we've um experienced at, at my is uh, for the clubs and, and leagues that are, are streaming on our platform, it's it's uh, there's certainly a perception that it's not easy to do. There's a perception that uh, certainly with live sport, there needs to be a certain minimum investment. There needs to be a certain minimum super HD quality, 4K, 8K. We, we get very carried away with those terms. And I believe that I've seen more than enough evidence that uh, lower investments, minimal investments in... in scalable production techniques like via via a mobile phone or simple one or two camera setups can can go a heck of a long way and maybe i talk out talk outside of the of the real kind of one percent of the, the the english premier leagues and of course who who can't compromise there are many properties who, who can't compromise but there are many um that the mass the long tail can find ways to scale production i think that's where there needs to be a bit of a reassessment um, in the broader sports industry how worried are you for those lower down, the challenger sports, the the non-elite? Well, non-elite's the wrong word because the bottom half of the Premier League is elite sport, but they're still got to be worried, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as, as I said in the intro, there's um, there's lots of examples uh, at the moment of of clubs at the non-elite end um, who are who are in real trouble, and and I think. Um, the, the, the decision to take um, the, their destiny into their own hands and build their own um, direct-to-fan 
operation, if you like, and platforms is is, is really key to to their future survival. Matches behind closed doors or or with restrictions on on the basis of social distancing will necessitate an acceleration of this um, this kind of direct to fan um, journey uh, for 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 many. Um, and and from our perspective, a lot of the value these um, these clubs. At the, at the long tail end of, of sport and, and football can generate would come from a, a, simp, a simple live event, live match stream uh, from, from that kind of basic building block, you can generate loads of value and, and, and on top of that build, build credible, sustainable uh, digital digital business models So tell us about MyKuzu because that, that's who you work for so for anyone who doesn't know what's your setup, what's your business model what do you do? Yeah, so as I said, we're we're the world's largest football live streaming platform. Our uh, model is built on empowering clubs at all levels of football to uh, produce um, their matches uh, at low cost and stream their matches to connect with their fans, um, also players and coaches. So our, our main... Main business models include advertising, uh, digital sponsorship, um, and uh, betting, streaming, and, and, and data for also for integrity services. So, our um, our main uh, we've been around for five years. Incidentally, our, our, our platform hosts, I would say, several thousand clubs at, at the moment. Um, the last count, and uh, yeah, we are really focused at the moment, as you can imagine, on on finding ways to keep our clubs digitally connected during these months where while, while there is no football. That's one of the, the most important things for us as a platform. We, we can uh, find creative ways such as restreaming old matches, esports and other content, training content, archive content on demand. We can, we can help clubs with a very specific you know, football uh, mentality, if you like, to, to, to stay connected, which we, we think is really important to to keep uh, keep them active and, and keep them relevant to their to their communities. And what you offer is a very, for want of a better phrase, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lo-fi production technique. It, it is a potentially a, a mobile phone on a tripod. Um, from that, you can film a game, cut it up, slice it and dice it in various ways, and provide content that obviously would engage fans and there's there's the possibility of monetization as well do you think that business model that what you're offering to clubs could be very useful particularly at this time when costs have to be cut one presumes on the back of covid19 and also clubs and organizations associations rights holders are going to be looking for different ways more creative ways to monetize yeah, we do. We we think. Um, I mean, that's that's really a part of the part of our work at the moment is preparing um, clubs and leagues, uh, reaching out to other new clubs and leagues um, to for, for the new realities, if you like, of a, of a potentially closed door or restricted uh, spectator experience. Um, if you think about what uh, a basic live live stream can uh, can can deliver, we effectively would build build a, a pay-per-view or subscription model on top of a on top of a live stream for a club or, or, or league and, and that's ultimately what we think is the most valuable um, source of monetization for for those clubs and leagues who are emerging from from the COVID-19 crisis but if, if you expand upon that 
that's that sort of that simple building block, the 90-minute match of, of live content. There's also other business models that can be built on top. For example, uh, the digital sponsorship is, is really key for us. We provide the inventory and uh, tools for clubs and leagues to connect um, their sponsors with, with their fans in a kind of immersive environment where the sponsor is, is not intrusive but is, is very much uh, front and centre of the, of the production and can actually track really easily the the impact of the sponsorship and, and also um go go deep, more deeply into into sort of fan engagement activities on on, on our platform and beyond and uh, that's really key key to our, our, our sponsorship model so that's really these these are really the two preeminent um sources of monetization that we believe will be really important for for our clubs and leagues as they emerge of course on the sponsorship side a lot of sports organizations have been suffering in terms of lack of activity, lack of engagement of sponsors, lack of value delivered to sponsors. So so we also need to be preparing them to almost to to repair some of the damage, maybe it's too strong a word, but to, to keep those relationships strong, um, to make sure sponsors are involved in, in the in the next phase of their re-emergence as, as matches start. So both on the fan from the fan perspective, not coming to the matches pay-per-view subscription model will be really key for them to drive uh, revenues as they emerge and also on the sponsorship side to, to re-engage um, existing sponsors maybe even try to acquire new sponsors so those two uh, those two business models for our clubs and leagues I think in football and also beyond will, will be really key um, for, for us all as we emerge from from the, the COVID-19 period. So let's drill down into that because a lot of People have talked about uh, Mike Uzo. He's got a lot of press, a lot of interest, but I'm not sure they always know how it's going to work in practice. So, okay, I understood everything you said there, but say I'm a non-league club. I'm a non-league club and I'm in uh, Isthmian Premier. Isthmian Premier, okay? So I presume I can't show my games live. I presume I can't, certainly not within the UK, but I can certainly, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a, a local student who's into it, who's got a tripod and a phone, we've got a decent connection, and he's prepared to come down to training uh, once a week and he'll film games. So what can you do for me? Yeah, I mean, I should add, Richard, that we, we um, many of our clubs and leagues are, are broadcasting at high, like super, and, and super HD quality, if you like, with, with professional camera setups or, or even integrating with automated camera systems. Um, yeah, it, okay. it's probably about 50-50 on our platform, but, but uh, in terms of um, the production technique between our mobile phone setup and, and, and others. Um, so back, back to the Ismian Premier League uh, example. Uh, I mean, as you described it, the, the, the most likely scalable production solution for them would be uh, would be a, a, a simple mobile phone uh, setup where all they need is an internet connection, a smartphone and, and a broadcast app. Maybe a club, a club in the, the Ismian Premier may even have the, the the funds to invest in an automated camera system that that's maybe not so so important at this stage but in, in your example yeah they have they have blackout restrictions potentially to deal with in the uk um so the content uh, if going out live uh, and if that's the case would have to be geo-blocked that's something our platform would cater for to ensure that they they can they can uh, manage those those restrictions um, that's the live match, of course. If you're talking about training, press conferences, player interviews, these types of, of content, whether live or on demand, can also be streamed through the platform and uh, and, and effectively monetized or, or uh, included in, 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 a, in a plan to, to add value to, to sponsors or others. Um, the live match itself, if it's played behind closed doors, we would hope that there's uh, obviously certain 
plans in place in the UK domestically as well to to help uh, those clubs who can't welcome fans back to the stadium um, to, to, to monetize the, the content. And that's something that obviously we'll have to wait and see, but uh, something that we would be, be readily and uh, easily prepared to, to, to help them with, to offer them the, the opportunity to monetize the pay-per-view or, or, or a subscriptions model if there's, if there's several matches they want to package together. So, so, so that means if games are behind closed doors, my student with his phone... And uh, and uh, his or her phone and a tripod. We can stream the stream the game and then say to fans, okay, well you can't see it live because we're not allowed. But it's normally ten pounds to get in, five pounds pay per view, and you can see the stream. And you set that up, and that's and there's a rev share on the back of it. Is that the way that works? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's ex- exactly how, how our model is built. So we, we're built on helping the, the, the our partners to to generate. Um, generate revenue, then we share we share um, revenue with them. So we empower them to produce at scale the, the, the content to make it worthwhile. Um, so in, in this case, there's also donation possibility through our platform. So for example, um, if if uh, there wasn't an, uh, an inability to watch the content live in in the UK for for, for whatever reason, uh, they could uh, post post the the blackout re-air the content or make the content available on demand and uh, potentially monetize through uh, through more of a kind of soft approach with with donations given the the need for for the for the, the clubs at that level amongst other levels to to, to continue to generate revenue um, to, to compensate for these difficult times what sort of community building features do you build in i suppose into your into your software because i sense that's going to be tremendously important we're going to be at a stage now where obviously people are losing their jobs people are on furlough there's less money around um and that you know sport is and we we need to say right at the start of this sport is is what is one of the un is one of the important unimportant things ultimately it's unimportant <laughs> it's it's one of the most important of the unimportant things i think that's a quote that's definitely a quote from someone i'm not sure who it's from someone cleverer than me but you get my point you get my point it's a very important unimportant thing but if we want it to exist it may have to be the digital version um of the of the change in a bucket you know and donations and part yeah. of that will be around building community C- certainly for yeah. the non-league and and lower level clubs it, we may have to accept that so go back to my question how do you build community on mykuji well first first of all we um to build community we we start with the basic building block again back to the back to the live streamed match which is normally the most valuable piece of content Starting from that that uh, that building block, um, our tools enable uh, streamers to to build their communities based on on I would say I could call it repurposing that that content so that the live match can be um, can be shared uh, on on social. Our our video player is embeddable across um, main social media platforms, uh, so exist clubs have existing communities obviously so what, what we do is, is effectively help them to strengthen those communities using their existing platforms not necessarily building new communities and that's something that we've believed from the start that the, the communities exist around the clubs that don't exist around um, our platform or, or, or other entities it's really the clubs that we're helping to, to, to strengthen their community so that the the live match can, can obviously go to go into the community first of all where, where they are if it's on the club's website or if, if it's on twitter wherever um and, and also from that basic live stream 
key moments are tagged using our, our production, uh, our broadcast app. So a goal is tagged, the goal can be shared on, on social media, um, uh, a penalty is tagged, a card, et cetera, et cetera. So those key moments can also be, be shared again to, to engage the the communities or existing communities around the club and help to grow those communities so there's a, there's a kind of pipeline of content coming from that basic live match building block but also i think in terms of community it goes beyond the the fans i think we talk about uh coaches players as key key parts of a, of a club's community especially at the lower levels um and our our, uh, our software kind of empowers them as well to to participate if you like and to strengthen those communities through the club so if you imagine a coach who wants to uh, generate video for for stimulus for a training session uh, normally if, the, if a match isn't filmed or the, or the the content isn't available at the at the lower levels uh, the coach has has no access to to any quality video but our, our system would enable that coach to collect um collect the video and, and use that video to 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 build um the, the the sessions also from a player perspective the players get their get access to their goals their key moments they can share with their communities because of course a lot of people are following the players as well as the club um and, uh, and and the data that comes on the back of all the the key moments that are tagged uh the the, the data on the statistics around goals and certain actions also can be very very powerful in terms of uh, driving driving fan engagement. So our, our main community building tool on the platform is probably our chat functionality. So we we have uh, a chat chat rooms on every match so fans can, can congregate and, and engage with each other. Clubs can engage with the fans in, in those in those chats. Um, but as said, part of our model is really is really saying uh, to the clubs, we know that you have a community. We just want to help you to to strengthen it. So our our video player, which is the, the, probably the, the the central part of the of the tech, as well as our studio, which enables that the tagging of, of key moments and the creation of stats. These are really like these are are, are really mobile, if you like. So the, the video player can can be embedded on on the, the club's website, can be embedded on on the Twitter account, uh, really to be taken to the fans, if you like, so that the content goes goes where the, where the communities are. You've answered this already but i will throw it out because it is a question that's that's generally thrown out in this space why not use facebook or youtube for this you'll get more audience right really good question why not use youtube facebook i, I guess many clubs choose to what we do is we offer a football specific context environment uh, we, our platform is built for football so uh, we have an end-to-end -end production and, and monetization monetization solution which um, in the case of production, we provide all of the graphics that would be expected, the specific key moments that would be expected uh, to be uh, tagged and highlighted and shared. So we offer that production back end through what we call our studio. So uh, the studio is the beating heart, which feeds the video player, which, which engages the, the fans and, and the studios where, where our magic happens. So effectively, uh, what what those guys won't offer you is that is that purpose built tagging of goals of of cards of key moments that can be shared can be consumed um, by fans very easily because they're 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 tagged very specifically by by the the, the, the single person who's who's filming the match um, and then all the graphic overlays so they won't provide you with with the scoreboard with the timer with uh, all the specific football um, monetization options so uh, digital overlays for sponsors 
donation feature um, is something that we, we've introduced that, of course, is is more commonly um, accessible through those type of platforms. But we've, we've, we're effectively building more more football context into our our core platform offering, which which the let's say the bigger boys are are not. I would say that they're not necessarily unable to do. Of course, they're able to do it, but it's not something that their mass market approach is is uh, is, is really consistent with. So that that's really the first thing on the production side. We, we'll deliver a a football specific um, a football specific production, and then the second point uh, on the monetization side, we will deliver also um, more of a football specific monetization um, group of features. Enabling the the clubs to to really like uh, leverage their um, leverage their existing uh, sponsors, fans, uh, connect with fans, and and uh, build monetization around the around the, the the content that they they produce for for a for a football match rather than for a generic event. And in terms of distribution, this sits on my Isthmian clubs Isthmian Premier League clubs website, right? It, it, it sits on your service, but it's linked through. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I guess if you think of you mentioned YouTube, if you think YouTube built their business upon uh, a portable video player that could be embedded on any website, more or less. Um, we have a very similar tech uh, that the the video player is embeddable on any platform. So uh, the the Isthmian Premier League club could quite easily embed the video player on their platform and and uh, and, and choose not to. To, uh, host the content on ours. They can also host the content on ours, and we obviously encourage that. But it's uh, it's very much a custom, a customized um, solution there, so they, they they can decide what works best for them. So, what are the challenges to making this work in for you in the in the post COVID nineteen world? Because there just isn't going to be a lot of money around, right? So even the money to to pay the to pay the students' expenses for my Isthmian Premier League club. You know that might not yeah. even be around. They they are literally going to be, as one cricket CEO once said, counting every loo roll here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, and, and I think as as we said in the introduction, it's it it's really the focus for those clubs is obviously survival in many cases, and not not only talking in football. Um, and that's again something that we are really uh, conscious of. That especially during these days, all over the the, the world, we're trying to. Um, ensure that we we can play whatever small part we can to keep clubs ticking over, at least keeping them engaged with their fans, which can 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 add some value, keep them relevant to their fans. We actually don't see we we see a lot of opportunity emerging from from this period, um, and actually probably beyond that opportunity is going beyond football. Um, we see we obviously see the 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 return of sport uh, to, to closed door or, or limited um, spectator audiences as, as something that we can we can help support effectively the safe return of, of, of sport, uh, ensuring that there are um, uh, possibilities for for clubs at all levels from the top to the to the bottom and and, and football specifically uh, to uh, to return to monetize uh, the live events when the monetization through ticket sales, for example, and match day revenue revenues becomes basically zero to, to, to limited. So that's really the, 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 the helicopter view opportunity we see and, and we, we believe that uh, there's a, a real opportunity for clubs to use this period to, to almost rewire or retrain themselves. There's no nothing stopping clubs to uh, testing 
solutions like ours, um, in their living room, literally, or wherever they may be, uh, it, it, now's the time to really consider the acceleration of your of your digital presence and, and on the production side, the distribution side, and the monetization of of, of content. Uh, try that would be my advice to football clubs, as well as sports clubs around the world. <laughs> try try these solutions, test them, see what what works best for you, because we we are there will be uh, greater demands on your organization to to build a, a sustainable uh, business um, and and digital business models will be the sort of preeminent uh, opportunity for you in the next sort of five to ten five to ten years so now is the time really to take advantage of that so we only see opportunity Richard to be honest in that in that sense yeah I, I tend to agree with you in the sense that one of the knock-on effects of this in many ways tragic situation well certainly tragic situation is the fact that it'll be a step change for digital business digital sports business which is what we're talking about here in that most of the solutions being proposed are digitally focused i think there's still a need to you know on my side with sports content strategy to have great storytelling to have great community etc etc but most of the the ways out of this appear to be digitally based because it's low cost based its ability to 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 reach so many people and obviously the increasingly as we've spoken about before the increasingly acceptance of homemade content and the increasingly sophisticated ways to monetize that content do you agree yeah yeah i I, I do um i think it it goes for all levels as well i mean i'm um uh, if i take my own experiences of playing in a in a kind of community club um and obviously this dovetails nicely with what i'm doing professionally but even at even at these levels where we're talking amateur and semi-professional sport um communities can be quite uh, distributed these days and, and opportunities are not always necessarily uh, in person and, and in a in a kind of confined um geographical space if you like so i think digital really opens up so many opportunities for for sports clubs to to stay in touch with communities that that, that are i think and in, in most and in, in, in more commonly than not are, are, are dispersed with uh, modern lifestyles if you like and not always able to to engage with with a club in person um so i, I think it's really it's really important for clubs now to consider consider the shifting um trends or or or, or uh, landscape that, that I mean I, I described I think these three elements of, of uh, the lower quality content being more acceptable the fact that new digital behaviors will be will be normal the expectation of, of around creativity from, from fans having seen some of the things that have happened over the, the last few months and the emergence of virtual communities and the acceptance that virtual communities are, are just part of our daily life those those three factors will drive um, will drive a lot of change and now's the time to prepare prepare yourself to to, uh, capitalize on the new opportunities that that will create. Get the most wanted degree in the football industry. The postgraduate course in international football business prepares young people for an executive career in the beautiful game. This year-long course is operated by IFBI, accredited by the University of Brussels and based in the Belgium capital. Each course is limited to only 20 participants per year and your fee includes six field trips to top European organisations and a host of guest lecturers, including me. 
There's also a masterclass in international football business designed to help established executives strengthen their strategic thinking. Go to ifbi.brussels for further details or see the link in the show notes. The power of athletes, it also strikes me that this is also an opportunity, given that yes, it's homemade, low quality, whatever you want to say, it's certainly more... Uh, there's a lower cost base to get um, a relatively high production out, should we say that? And yeah. athletes could really benefit from that because in the past, you know, I worked at I worked at Arsenal, right? And we had a huge content team creating content often around individual players, uh, around the team, but about individual players, and uh, a huge team that were selling digital partnerships around that content. And yet, the players individually were often had a, often had a bigger uh, social media reach than the club did and yet they had a fraction of those people involved in not only the creation of the content but the monetization of the content well if you've got a solution that can get high quality content out there aggregate it there's obvious monetization where well, you're there thinking okay if i'm if i am playing for this ismian premier league club and i'm a real character of a player and i score a load of goals and i'm a very big fish in a small pool well if you if you've got a the chops to do it, you can create a little brand around yourself there. Yeah, I think the the players, certainly at the top levels, but I, I believe it does it does also stand for for lower levels. The the players, the athletes, are becoming more and more important as the the anchors for for sports communities. Um, certainly, at the elite level, we've seen that accelerate with the, the rise of megastars over the last five to ten long, ten years and longer. Even at our level, I mean, we have we have thousands of, of clubs and hundreds of thousands of players um, over the history of our platform who have come through the platform, and and we get uh, regular um, regular emails from players who who are keen to to access their content, are keen to repurpose their content, are, are actively promoting them themselves. Um, not only to build community, but actually, I guess, for for reasons of, of personal or professional development. Uh, I, I do believe that the, the players, the, the, the athletes are underserved. And it's, it was actually part of the vision, the original vision of our founders uh, to, to empower all levels of sport, but all, not only all levels, but also the, the stakeholders across sport, including the including the athletes. And that's still part of our, our overall sort of mid to long term vision to ensure that we can uh, get access, give access to to the content we are we are generating through the platform to to give access to the athletes that are part of that content and and help them to to create their own their own profiles and empower them to to build their their communities. Which athlete? Have you got an example of an athlete and a club that are doing it well on your platform? Um, not not that the listeners would have would have heard of. I mean our. Our model is currently built more strongly around the clubs, but as, as, I, as I said, we're we're receiving lots and lots of feedback um, and requests from athletes, from players at, at the sort of second and third tiers who are looking to particularly develop their careers. So they're looking to build their CVs, if you like, in, in video form and using data to promote themselves to player agencies, scouting club scouts, uh, scouting agencies, um, many uh, many different stakeholders to, to effectively pr- progress in their careers, not only to to build their, their digital communities, but we do see on the platform the impact of players 
when they share content. So we've worked with, for example, um, the first and second tier of women's football in Brazil, the, the Feminino A1 and Feminino A2. Uh, we've seen some uh, top players coming through those clubs um, on our platform who uh, have a big impact when they share content. You, you know about it. They have big followings. They're starting to understand the, the importance of managing their own social profiles and, and building their social communities. And, and uh, yeah, that's effectively an important part of what we see the future of our platform being to help those those athletes to, yeah, to continue to build those communities. Is there still a fear, or not a fear, but a concern amongst your the teams that you're working with at a slightly lower level that this is going to take too much resource, headspace, they won't be able to do it. So is it better sometimes to think about working with with a league? So, you know, if, if you work with the Isthmian League rather than an Isthmian Premier League club, you, you might be able to have the same amount of resource at a league level rippling down across all the clubs, albeit, you know, less intensely, but having a greater overall effect. Have you found that at all? Yeah, we have, Richard. Yeah, that's that's an important point. Actually, we do work with a lot of federations and leagues directly, and and, and they facilitate, um, in some cases, a, a kind of centralised production approach. Um, so they get all the clubs on board. Uh, then it becomes a, a more uh, also becomes a more valuable asset for monetization. So all the clubs are part of the the streaming process. All the clubs can be um, even in, trained and empowered t- to deliver. A certain minimum quality level of of either production, if they're doing the production, or uh, delivery of of uh, moderation on 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 our, our chats or whatever it may be. That there's a con- consistency in terms of presentation and and uh, promotion, if you like, is another key element of of, uh, of what the clubs can do. So actually, we do work um, a lot with uh, with leagues. Um, a good example would be the Brazilian FA, CBF. Um, we work through them with uh, a lot of their youth competitions, U17, U20, women's competitions. Um, we also work a lot in, in beach soccer, futsal and other forms and they tend to be uh, organisations that are really keen um, looking to the future and they want to kind of centralise uh, to build a, a name for themselves. So Beach Soccer Worldwide have been with us for, for, uh, for many years for example and and that, that ensures a certain level of consistency. It ensures all entities are involved. It ensures that there's a whole, the whole story can be told rather than one club isolated in a league, the only streamer in that club. Um, so, so yes, but also part of our of our um, effort is is focused on on bringing full leagues in because obviously we we are we have an interest in maximising the monetizability of those of those uh, clubs and and without all clubs streaming in a league, it tends to be that the, the the content is of less value. What about moving outside of football? I mean, you talked a little bit about that, but is there any other sports you feel this... Well, I suppose a lot of sports can lend itself to this. It's, 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 it's just whether the demand is there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked many times about, about this. Um, we believe that... Football. There's so many untapped opportunities in football. We, we've sort of only scratched the surface. Um, that's not to say that the future will, will see us moving into other sports from a from a platform perspective. Um, but currently, the MyQG platform is very much uh, 
continuing to grow in football and, and, and football alone at the moment. Um, I think, as I, as I mentioned, we do see, uh, accelerated by this crisis, we do see a need, broader need for entities across sport to in, invest in, in taking their digital business into their own hands. And, and uh, we believe from experience that, that streaming is probably one of, if not the key component of that of that mix and, and that's where we think we can offer uh, some value to to the sports industry at large um, clubs uh, leagues federations governing bodies of all sizes to help them navigate the the, the, the space uh, i think when i talk about streaming and streaming platforms i'm talking very simply about the ability to sort of create an event the ability to uh, stream that event the ability to, to tag key moments in that event and the ability to sort of have some analytical overview of, of how the event is is, uh, is is performing and and obviously monetize that event so we, we uh, we've done all that we've got the technology and the experience and I think we can I'm sure we can offer that to, to many more entities who want to take that into their own hands but don't necessarily fit onto the the MyCuja platform as it stands today. Just leaving my cues aside, just talking more generally, you're based obviously in uh, in the Netherlands. How worried are you, and what's the feeling in the Netherlands about the sporting landscape coming out of this? Obviously, we're speaking in May, and we don't know how it's going to pan out. But I think in in the Netherlands, they've talked about everything is no sporting events till September, October time. I think it is. Yeah, um, I believe that's the case. September, October time closed, let's say closed doors or limited spectators. Uh, I think the, yeah, I mean, this is obviously a personal opinion and as, an, as an onlooker and a guest in this country. I think the, from what I've seen, the government have, have really managed the situation with the participation's grassroots side really well. There's a, a, quite a, a joined up approach here. The kids are back. Uh, training, so they've prioritised young kids to keep them engaged and keep them fit. They've allowed them to go back to, to, to training in their amateur clubs. They're really keen to keep the pulse of amateur clubs beating because they recognise that people are, are what drives business through through small bar club bars, and and people are what drives the the fun and the the, the, the community around those clubs. And they they're really determined, and and they recognise the importance of those clubs in general as, as as bedrocks of their communities. They're really determined to keep them, protect them from from dying. And and I really admire that the some of the initiatives, such as uh, from the, the Dutch Dutch FA, the KNVB, they they had a they've developed a fund um, to support amateur clubs. Um, grassroots clubs and the, the, the national team players uh, contributed to the fund and other entities I think a local sponsor um, so I, I think uh, worried yes I'm personally a member of a club here and my son plays uh, here and um, I'd be really concerned if, if the club or local club went uh, out of business or was no longer able to operate it would be a real loss to the community so yeah worried, worried but really comforted by some of the things I've seen and the other interesting aspect is there are comparisons with the financial crash in 2008 in the sense that obviously the economics do not look good. The economics of, 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 the, of the world look very bad. One thing that is that, that was apparent in 2008, the way things were re rebuilt, is that the financial institutions were rebuilt in exactly the same way. Whereas actually there's an opportunity to if not start again, but certainly fashion sport that looks very different and could be actually in a much better shape going forward. Do you understand the point I'm making there? Yeah, I do, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think that's what we uh, we strongly believe in, in that philosophy, and it's something that we're, as, as I've explained, in a broader sports perspective, it's something that we believe streaming in general has has a massive role to play in that re-engineering process, in that in that process of rebuilding sustainable sports clubs um, f- across the sports uh, spectrum, if you like. Uh, something re- that that we as an industry really need to really need to get together and get our heads around. Um, there's there's going to be lots of lots of opportunity, but th- and, and now's the time for for sports clubs to do their research to understand what's needed to adapt to this to this new reality and start start building today. I think I'm not I, I wouldn't attempt to get involved in any any scaremongering, and I think that the opportunity that clubs face is obviously very different at different levels and, and there are different things that, that can be done but uh, uh, it's really it's really paramount that, that clubs act act today and, and start to, to look at the digital space as, as a as an opportunity if they haven't already to to to, to lead and in, in rebuilding and uh, rebuilding digital business models that will help them to sustain their, their future outside of, of uh, other sources of, of funding that come from governing bodies and and elsewhere. On that rallying call, <laughs> David Fowler, thank you very much. Thanks, Richard. You can find Sports Content Strategy on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Go to sportscontentstrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at mrrichardclark.com.